In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hosting the So Money Podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money Members Club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with Tap to Pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So many episodes, 1626, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Sharabi. We did it. We survived January. Hopefully we thrived through January. But the joke is that January is the longest month of the year. I agree with that. I don't think it's a joke. I think it's very serious. And I'm really happy to be in February. One, because it's my birthday month. And shout out to all my fellow Aquarians out there. I just learned that my rising sign is Sagittarius, which is a very interesting combination. I was born in the morning, February 15th, middle of the morning. It was like 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. And I've also learned that that was right before the completion of a full moon. And what does this mean? Like, I'm not super into, I don't know, astrology, but... If it works in my favor, if it flatters me, I will believe it. So what I've discovered is that because I was born right before the completion of the moon, I tend to be somebody who's really intuitive, knows what she wants, has this kind of feel like if I if I have a spidey sense that I shouldn't do something or I don't want to do something, I follow it. And I may be wrong, but I'm really I stick to my guns. And the other thing about being born right before a new moon is that or in a completion phase, as they say, is that uh, you tend to have a lot of deja vu. Like you're here maybe to complete things that were unfinished in a past life. And so what does this mean? It's like if I run into people and I feel a serious connection to them or I hear about something or I think of a new idea and I'm really drawn to it, it may be just because it was something that was uncompleted in a past life. Um, I actually was told that there are certain people in my life that I was immediately drawn to 
And that's because of like the timing of my birth. And I will say when I met my husband at 19, although we didn't start dating until I was about 25, I knew that we were going to get married. And I actually said so to myself and whoever would listen, not to him, but I did make that statement and it ended up working into our vows when we got married. But it's just interesting, right? I don't know if anyone out there is into astrology, but I've recently started to kind of look into my own chart and um, it's really fascinating stuff. All right. That's not what you're here for. You're not here for my chart read. You're here for financial advice. We have questions about credit scoring. We actually had a guest on this week, Varinda Gupta, who talked about the credit industry. She worked at Visa and actually developed the very popular Chase Sapphire Rewards card. She herself did not qualify for that card unintentionally, but learned a lot about the way that the credit system works and sometimes not in favor of of certain people. So go back and listen to that episode. But I wanted to dedicate some time today to just clarifying for anyone out there who's interested in boosting their credit score, because maybe you're looking at the spring housing market and you want to be ready to buy a home. You want to maybe buy a car. You are in the market for a new loan. Your credit score is going to matter. Even if you just want to rent an apartment, your credit health will matter. So I want to go through some of the best practices for managing your credit health. Also, a question about starting a new job, which some of us may be doing right now or later this year, and how to approach the whole retirement plan with the new company, especially if this is not your forever job. Like You're not even thinking you'll be here for the next year or two. Like Should you bother participating in the 401k? And then also a member in our audience has student loan debt, Kathy, and she has credit card debt as well and wants to get my two cents on her payoff plan. What do I think? But going back to our shows this week, Varinda Gupta, as I mentioned, uh, was on the show on Monday. Varinda is the founder of a company called Sequin. It's a fintech, a women's financial guidance and high interest banking membership club designed by women for women. And as I mentioned, Verinda used to work at Visa. She helped launch the popular Chase Sapphire Reserve Card. She's a globally recognized credit expert. And we talk about the state of the banking world, the credit world, how it underserves women sometimes and immigrants sometimes and those who are new to the credit landscape. Then on Wednesday, we talked about million-dollar businesses. Do you have a million-dollar idea? Well, our guest, Noah Kagan, who is a serial entrepreneur and author of Million Dollar Weekend, posits that you could turn a million-dollar idea into a real thing over the course of a weekend in 48 hours. The subtitle of his book is The Surprisingly Simple Ways to Launch a Seven-Figure Business in 48 Hours. And so we get into it. I'm a little skeptical, of course, a lot skeptical, but Noah gives really great insights and offers some strategies for how to just start because that, he says, is the piece, the part that so many entrepreneurs just don't do. They don't get around to just starting because they psych themselves out. They give themselves a number of obstacles before they've even experienced a real obstacle. Shifting gears, uh, many of you, thank you, have joined my So Money Members Club. And I've decided that I'm going to end enrollment soon. I want to start this first cohort with just 100 people. We are 
about 50% sold out. So if you're interested in joining the So Money Members Club early, be a founding member, get in at the lowest price I will ever charge for this membership, follow the link in our show notes. It's somoneymembers.com. You're going to get one training every single month around money. We did one in January on investing. February, there are actually going to be two trainings about how to earn more in 2024. My negotiating tactics for both nine to fivers and creators and experts and solopreneurs. We got the whole year's schedule of trainings at somoneymembers.com. Additionally, you'll have one live office hour with me every single month where you can ask me your financial questions. Everything's recorded too, by the way, so you don't have to make all the live trainings. You can learn on the go. There's also the community of like-minded peers from the So Money community who care about their finances, want to learn and connect around financial independence. This is what you've always told me you wanted. You want more access, you want deeper learning, you want connection. So the So Money Members Club is what I've created in response. And I'm really excited to kick things off. We've already kicked things off. So if you're interested, go to the link in this episode's show notes, or if you've got a good memory, it's somoneymembers.com. And the other perk about signing up early and being a founding member is that we are evolving. In fact, on Monday, I'm making a huge announcement. It's going to be really exciting for all of us who decided to join the club early. So get in now. If you're listening to this episode on Friday, or Saturday or Sunday, head over to somoneymembers.com. Again, we're going to close enrollment as soon as we hit those first hundred founding members. Let's go to the Apple review section and pick our reviewer of the week. Right before we go to the mailbag, we're going to do this so we can pick our reviewer of the week who's going to get a free 15-minute money session with me. I invite everyone to do this. You can go on to the Apple Podcast app, leave a review. I pick someone every week to get a free money session with me. This week, I'm going to say thank you to Foxy Roxy, who writes, ever since my initial foray into the world of podcasts in 2017, I've been a regular listener of So Money. Farnoosh's expertise in finance shines through in every episode, and she has a knack for breaking down complex money matters into easily understandable segments. The guests she brings on are fascinating and intriguing, and she engages them with insightful, relevant questions. I find myself recommending this podcast to others who are interested in enhancing their personal finance understanding. Thank you for all you do. Foxy Roxy, thank you for listening, for sharing this podcast with your friends. I would love to invite you on a call with me to talk about whatever you want, about your money, your career, maybe your financial fears. This is the topic of my latest book, A Healthy State of Panic. All you have to do is get in touch and let me know that you left this review. There are a few ways you can do that. You can email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com or You can go to Instagram, DM me there. I'm at Farnoosh Tarabi on Instagram. You can DM me and let me know you left this review. I will write back promptly with a link where you can go to pick a time for us to chat. Thanks so much and looking forward to chatting with Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
only from Rustolium. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy? You want a bra that's comfortable? You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. Did you know that I'm a podcast host and also a mind reader? Because I know that you want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising costs of inflation, to pay off your debt or your mortgage. You want to attack pretty much anything standing in the way of you and your financial freedom, right? Well, here's one solution, more knowledge. This podcast helps, I hope. And you can use Yahoo Finance, where you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need to help reach your definition of financial freedom. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, and I know because I worked there for many years, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, customizable charts, so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. The weather's getting warmer as I record. It's a nice 73 degrees on the East Coast. So finally, time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and fingers crossed hello to shorts and tees. And I need to update my wardrobe for the long haul. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune. So luckily I found Quince. I'm honest. I've got a lineup of timeless pieces from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat jewelry, and tons more. Best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I have t-shirts from Quince, pajamas from Quince, my very chic and fashionable sister-in-law, Hannah, her whole closet is Quince. And people often stop us and ask, where did you get this? Don't tell me the price. And then when I do, they're shopping on Quince.com. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash so money for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash so money to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so money. Phew. All right, let's go to the mailbag. First, I just want to answer what I think is on a lot of our minds. This isn't this is not a specific question from one person, but how to actually grow your credit score. On Monday's episode with Varinda Gupta, she talked about uh, a kind of a trick that she teaches people uh, that helps in some cases boost your credit score within days. And it is this, pay your credit card balances on the go throughout the month. Don't wait until the pay cycle 
cycle or the due date to pay off your bill. If you can, obviously not all of us can do this, but if you have the capability to go in and just pay off maybe once a week, here's why she says this helps is because when you apply for your credit score or when your credit score gets pulled by a lender, it's at any point in the month, right? They're not doing it just at the end when you have a $0 balance. They're doing it maybe on the 12th and you still have a balance. And so that balance gets reflected onto your credit score and your credit score unfairly is lower than it really could be or should be uh, because like you're planning on paying it off, but hey, it got pulled earlier than you paid it off. So here we go. You're So now your credit score is a little bit higher. This again is really only important for those of us who know that we're going to need to get our credit score pulled in the next few months. But let's just take a step back. If any of you out there are wondering what are the real ways to maintain a healthy credit score, because I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard some myths even like there's this one big myth that... I don't know who started this. I think it may have even been the credit card industry because it only incentivizes credit card companies and banks. People often think that you need to maintain a balance every month, just a small amount even, because that is what the credit bureaus define as credit utilization. (laughs) No, that's just a mistake. You want to pay off your bills in full at least once a month in order to boost your credit score. In fact, your payment history, which is how often you're paying your bills on time, how consistently you're paying your bills on time, is 35% of your credit score. And I'm using the FICO credit scoring model. Paying your bills on time is most valuable. So automating your credit card bill payment is the easiest way to ensure you never miss a payment and you can schedule it and you can schedule it by an amount. Usually, you know, it's like pay in full or whatever you can do. Variable number two that really matters when it comes to maintaining good credit is reducing those credit card balances above all other debts. Like your student loan, your mortgage, even your car loan, those are installment loans, right? You're paying what you, you pay what you pay every month, you know what you're paying. The revolving credit, like credit cards or a line of credit that that you've drawn upon. This is considered revolving credit and as far as the credit score calculators are concerned, this is the credit that needs to be maintained best. It is considered a more accurate reflection. How you manage this is considered a more accurate reflection of your credit usage and your trustworthiness as a borrower. Okay. I don't make the rules, but keeping those credit card balances low in relation, this is important, in relation to your credit limit. And this is what we call utilization. That's what we call credit utilization. This has an impact on your score. In the episode with Verinda on Monday, we talked about how often in the industry we say, keep the utilization to no more than 30%. So if you have credit cards and in total, the limits added up on all these credit cards, let's say that you have is $10,000. And across these credit cards at any point in the month, maybe you've racked up $4,000 worth of balances. So what? You're now 40% utilized. So you want to keep it to 30% or less. But what Verinda mentioned on the episode, and I've heard this before, is that those of us who are in the 800 club, like 800 credit score or better, by the way, your credit score is 300 to 850, 800 and higher is stellar credit. 
if you're in the 800 club, your credit utilization is not hitting 30%. It's more like 10, 9, 8%. So keep that in mind. If you want to aim for those really high scores, how do you avoid having a high utilization? Well, clearly you pay off the bill every month. If you can't do that, do at least, I would say two to three times the minimum. Or you just do the math. How can I get to a place where my balance is less than 30% of the limit on this card? Another important step in maintaining good credit health, avoiding too many new accounts. Don't open up too many new accounts. We often give this advice around the holidays or Black Friday when people are hitting the stores. And this is maybe before COVID when people actually went into a mall and were shopping from store to store to store. But in one mall run, you might face three to four credit card, store credit card requests. Hey, enroll in our Victoria's Secret credit card, our Banana Republic credit card. When I was in my 20s, I did this. I opened up all the store credit cards because why? You get the discount. I wanted the discount. But the discount means nothing if you are not able to manage that card responsibly. And the cards are almost set up to make you fail because the limit on these cards is starts you out at like $500 or $1,000. So you can very easily max out these cards. It's tricky. I wouldn't recommend that. The advice is be really thoughtful before you open up any credit cards. And if you are in the market for a loan, I wouldn't be going on a credit card shopping spree because what it's signaling to the algorithm, to the credit score algorithm, is that maybe you're somebody who is not in a great financial place and you need to go out there and start borrowing money and taking out all this credit. And it's really important to diversify your credit mix. This is something that you may not be able to establish right away as you are just beginning your financial journey, your credit journey, but ultimately having a diverse range of credit that includes credit cards and installment loans. Like we talked about the student, you know, not to say like intentionally go out there and get a student loan, but it does actually work in your favor when this is the big, when you are managing all of these different types of credit responsibly. So having a student loan plus a credit card or two, plus a mortgage and a car loan, But managing it all well and responsibly, meaning you're paying off the balances, you're paying those bills on time, you're not overcharging, you're not late, that actually does mean something when it comes to your credit score. So if you are somebody that feels like, oh, I have so much debt, but you're managing it, well, there's one plus to that, which is that it's probably not hurting your credit score. It might be even helping your credit score. But again, it all has to work in concert. You know, you don't want to like have all these credit cards and all these other loans and go, oh, my credit score is going to be great. No, because maybe your balances are too high. Maybe you're missing a payment here or there. Um, so it has to all kind of work together as this one nice recipe. But this was the hierarchy that I just laid out. It's paying your bills on time, followed by reducing your credit card balances, then it's avoiding too many new accounts, and then diversifying your credit mix. There's other variables as well, but those are the biggies. And if anyone wants to know what their credit score is right now, you can probably go to wherever you're banking and ask for it for free. You can also get your credit report which is not your credit score, but a free copy of your credit report from every single one of the major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion at least once a year. This is important because 
this is the, the stuff that's reported on your credit report is what then goes into calculating your credit score. And it's really important to check because of there may be errors. There may be some fraud that you weren't aware of. Somebody opened up an account in your name. You're like, what is this card? I don't recognize it. This is where you might be able to spot those red flags. All right, moving on to Cassie, who plans to switch jobs within a year. And she's wondering, should I open a 401k with my current employer? So I'm with this job. I don't plan to be there for very long. I want to leave in a year. They've got this 401k. Should I bother? I think yes. I think 401ks, Cassie, have unique benefits. You can automatically contribute from your paycheck. That's number one, which we know that automation from your paycheck, making it so painless and seamless, it goes a very long way in making sure that you stay on track. You can also contribute up to $23,000 this year, which you may not hit and you have no interest in hitting, but it's there for you. It's an option and it's a much higher limit than, say, a traditional IRA or even a Roth IRA. And I don't know this, but if your employer offers a match, then you really should contribute because that is free money and you're not going to really get that opportunity outside of that 401k. So I know it can be operationally annoying when you leave your company and you've got this 401k and now you got to do something with it. But honestly, it takes not even your whole lunch hour. It's just going onto the website, selecting where you want it to go. And often you can just move it into an IRA at that existing institution. And then you can decide what you want to do with it if you want to port it over to a different brokerage. But I've just always kept it at the same institution, but have I've changed the account. I've rolled it into the IRA. It's not painful. And so, yeah, I think if you have access to a workplace retirement account that offers a match and you want to invest, it's a great place to start. It's an easy, low-hanging fruit place to start. And then don't worry about later. And who knows? You don't know. Maybe you'll end up loving this job and you'll want to stay. Next question is from Kathy who writes in, she says, Farnoosh, I'm really overwhelmed with my student loan debt. Kathy just graduated from college with a degree in business. She's got $32,000 in student loans. And here's the other thing. She has $20,000 in credit card debt. And the interest is really high, she says, on the credit card debt compared to the student loan. She says, I plan to pay it off aggressively this year, the credit card debt. Uh, So I'm going to make $1,600 monthly payments to this credit card. My salary is a little bit over $82,000 before tax. I will start paying the school loan in March because you need to get that grace period. Is that a good plan, she says, or am I setting myself up for failure? Oh my gosh, failure, Kathy? No, no, no. First of all, you have a job that pays $82,000 a year. Congratulations. You just graduated from college. That's outstanding. And I know the student loans feel high and they are. I mean, $32,000 is not a little bit of money, but comparatively, I mean, I've heard much worse as I'm sure you have. And this is a rule of thumb that we often talk about when it comes to how much student loan debt is safe to have uh, where you know you don't want to go over a certain limit. And usually the rule of thumb is to not borrow more than your anticipated first year salary. And your first year salary is 82,000 and your debt is 32,000. So you're fine with the student loans. The credit card debt, I would prioritize. And that sounds like what you're doing. You're going to pay this off hopefully by the end of the year or this time next year. That's 
awesome. I think that should be your priority. But along the way, when you're making $82,000, I don't know what your other expenses are, but if you've got a 401k through work and there is a match, can you invest at least to earn that match every single pay cycle? I would want that for you because you're making a really healthy salary. Here's what I'd love for you to do. Just start with that workplace retirement account, whatever you can do while you're paying off this credit card debt. And then of course, the student loans are going to kick in, but hopefully it will all be manageable and just start. We talked about this in my investing class last week. Just start with like 1%, 2%, 3% of your income, whatever. I mean, if there is a match, try to get that full match. When the credit card debt is done, that $1,600 a month is going to become free to you now. You have that now. I would look at investing more closely and see how you can get to a place where you're investing 10% of your income every year. And maybe some of that is going to be afforded by your company because you'll pay for it through your match. So maybe you're not putting in 10%, you're putting in five and then your company puts in five and you've got your 10 So I like your plan, Kathy. I would try to build in a little bit of investing as well. But congrats to you. I am really excited for you. This is, I hope you're celebrating. I hope I want you to feel good about where you're at. I know it it is not fun to have the debt. It may feel like you to use your words like a failure. But let me just tell you my situation. I had thirty, I had about thirty two thousand dollars in debt when I came out of grad school, which was right after college. I went to a 10-month graduate program. And um I had Six, seven, five, six, seven thousand dollars in credit card debt, twenty-five odd thousand dollars in student loan debt, living in New York City. And guess what? I was making half of what you're making. Now I know with inflation and everything, but forty two thousand dollars, forty-four thousand dollars a year back then with all that debt. The thing that really helped was living in a rent stabilized apartment. I paid five hundred dollars a month for rent, but it meant living with a married couple and their cat. So there was there was that trade-off. All right, everybody. I appreciate you joining here on this Friday, or maybe it's the weekend that you're listening. I hope these answers were helpful to you wherever you are in your financial journey. Once again, if you're interested in getting more access, more education, some community around financial wellness, I put together a really fun and engaging group over at somoneymembers.com. Again, I'm limiting this first cohort to just a hundred of us. We're about 50% sold out. You can get in at the lowest price right now. Be a founding member. If you've got any questions about it, just DM me on Instagram. I'm pretty quick there. And I hope to see you in the club. In the meantime, I hope your weekend is so money. Hosting the So Money Podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money Members Club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with Tap to Pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. 
Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.